0: Prayers don't have to be long. We can learn and grow from the short prayers of the saints. Hymns don't have to be boring. Hymns can be timeless and enriching moments, even for the youngest of Christians. Dare I say, especially for the youngest of Christians. Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today is a double feature. I review two books for you. The first is The Faith Life Free Book of the Month for March, Short Prayers to Change Your Life, at 176 pages, published by Harvest House Publishers in 2020. The second book is Timeless Hymns for Family Worship by Joni Erikson Tada and Bobby Walgumoff, 80 pages, published in 2021, also by Harvest House Publishers. Why did I feel the need to review two books in one podcast? It's because the first book, the free book, the short prayers book, is really, really short. (laughs) Even though it says 176 pages, but one page may just have one or two sentences. The very first prayer uh, is from Mother Teresa. I quote, Everything starts from prayer. Without asking God for love, We cannot possess love, and still less are we able to give it to others. And that prayer is the whole page. (laughs) The the next page is a prayer from Martin Luther. I quote, Pray and let God worry. The entire page consists of those five words Pray and let God worry worry. In this book, all the text is stylized. You have big fonts and uh, all are are colored. The short prayers are catchy. In social media terms, they are Instagram-worthy. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I think quotations and so short prayers can be formative. When I was growing up, my father would share with me, this was a time when sharing was not a button you click in Facebook or Instagram, my father would get these little motivation posters in the mail and he would give them to me. I remember taping one on my wall. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I woke up every morning to that poster on the wall and going to sleep, that poster would always be in my room so I would always see it. I remember a young me thinking that it was a very profound statement. It was an encouragement to me as I went through my days. That little quote gave me a big picture view of the little steps I was taking. And it was also through uh, quotations like these as I taped them all over my wall that I gained an appreciation for word craft. The punchy, often profound phrasing that Tickles the mind. So, as a reader, I don't dismiss this book, Short Prayers to Change Your Life, even though it's like five words in one page or two sentences in one page. It's okay because I think young readers might grow up to appreciate a good turn of a phrase. They may even read up on the life of Mother Teresa, Martin Luther, and all the other people who are quoted in this book. For older readers, this book can be a welcome respite from heavier reading. And most importantly, the purpose of a book on short prayers is to encourage people to pray. Sometimes what we need is not EM Bounds' power through prayer, which is the best book on prayer that I know. Sometimes what we need is just a small nudge. Sometimes all we really need to hear, all we really need to read is Pray and Let God Worry and Instagram Worthy Nudge (laughs) and this book, Short Prayers to Change Your Life is a book of nudges in the right direction I could prolong this review but it would be me just trying to fill up the time and if I had to do that I'd rather end the episode here and now but if I end the episode, I feel like I'm shortchanging you. So that's why I've decided to make this episode a double feature. Every month, Faith Life gives away a free book, which I just reviewed. But what you may not know is that along with that free book, Faith Life also offers five other books at a discount. Um, let me just read the list that they offer for this month. Number one, love to eat, hate to eat. Breaking the Bondage of Destructive Eating Habits by Elise Fitzpatrick. Number two, Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality by Hilary Morgan Ferrer and Amy Davison. Number three, Sweet Like Jasmine, Finding Identity in a Culture of Loneliness by Bonnie Gray. Number four, Timeless Hymns for Family Worship by Joni Erickson Tada and Bobby Walgamoth. Number five, Dare to Be. God is able. Are you willing? By Charlotte Gambill and Natalie Grant. So in that list of five, I bought Timeless Hymns for Family Worship. The list price is twenty two dollars and ninety nine cents. But for February, sorry for March, it's available from Faith Life for five dollars and ninety nine cents. So it is at a very deep discount. And that is true for all the other books that I just listed. Timeless Hymns for Family Worship, Bringing Gospel-Centered Moments into Your Home, is written by two best friends. Tada and Walgamov had also written the four-book gold medallion best-selling series, Hymns for a Kid's Heart. So they do know what they're talking about. Um, I also want to note here that uh, Bobby Walgamoth has since also passed away due to a long fight uh, with cancer. She has uh, a chapter over here in this book where she talks about uh, her own reflections on a hymn. Uh, there are 18 hymns in this book. Uh, each of those hymns has its own chapter, and we do have obvious favorites. Uh, Amazing Grace, for example, will make any list of timeless hymns. Um, the list in this book starts with Holy, 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 and ends with Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. The hymns are not structured in any particular order, or at least not any that I can see. Uh, It's not alphabetical, chronological, or thematic. And that's fine, because uh, each chapter is a standalone. You can just flip to the chapter that you like and enjoy the reflection, story, painting, and song. Honestly, I was expecting the reflections to be more focused on Joni Tada's life or on her personal thoughts. For those who don't know who Joni Tada is, she is an artist and writer. She has a 1,000 megawatt smile. Okay, She has a beautiful smile. And she is a great encourager in the Christian faith. She is also God's blessing to many who suffer. Suffer. You see, when Joni Erickson uh, was 17 years old, she had a diving accident. And she became a quadriplegic. She is paralyzed in four limbs. She has lost um, control from the shoulders down. So that is a very difficult situation for anyone. But uh, for Joni Tada's case, we read her story and we are left very amazed. Now, I would like to just read the entire foreword to this book. I will read it in whole, the foreword. Uh, And from this foreword, you will see how she writes and why this book was written. I quote, When I was your age, my parents taught me the old hymns of the Christian faith. We sang these hymns around the campfire, or while hiking, or even at the dinner table after we finished our meal. We sang them so often that I easily memorized all the words. It was a good thing. When I was a teenager, I dove into shallow water, broke my neck, and became paralyzed. When I learned i would be in a wheelchair all my life, I felt sad and anxious. But when my family visited me in the hospital, they always cheered me up by singing our favorite hymns. These hymns comforted me because they reminded me of God's greatness, and they also shared great truths about God and His love for me. After hospital visits were over for the day, I sang these hymns at night time when I couldn't sleep. While I sang, I focused on the wonderful themes of trusting God's word, holding on to his promises, and looking toward heaven. Soon my sadness and anxiety disappeared. That all happened a long time ago, but I'm still singing all my favorite hymns, and now I'm sharing them with you in this book. You can imagine how happy I am that you now have a chance to sing hymns with your family. I'm hoping you sing them so often that you too will learn all the words by heart. And I pray that each word of every hymn will comfort you as it has me. End quote. So that's a beautiful forward. Reading this, you know how she writes for the entire book and also why that she wrote this. It's a great motivation to offer to people the comfort that she has also received. Reading the foreword, I was also expecting a memoir type of book. I was expecting a book where uh, she would describe uh, how amazing grace has helped me, or how holy holy is special to me, or why praise God from whom all blessings flow is my favorite. Um, But it's not really a memoir type of book. It's not really full of her reflections on these particular hymns. In one chapter, she speaks of Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, and his big choir of singers leading the army into battle. In another chapter, it's the story of Cory Tenboom, who was tired of the praises she was getting. Cory found a solution. Every compliment and praise that she received, she gathered them like a rosebud, and in the evening, she would present this beautiful bouquet of flowers and offer them to the Lord. To God be the glory. It's not that um, Johnny Tada or Bonnie uh, Wogomov don't talk about themselves. They do. But the way they said it in this book is that they are just part of a bigger family of Christians. It's not about me. It's about us, the whole Christian family. And they have all these stories to tell. And they tell them here in this book to help your family come into the hymns, to come and enjoy the hymns. Some say that hymns are so old, the lyrics are so difficult to understand, that the music is so alien to us today, that maybe we should move on from them. Now this is a complicated, controversial, sometimes heated topic. There are two extremes to be avoided. Hymns only and never hymns, at least on my personal, in my personal opinion. Remember Joni Tada's forward. How the Hymns Help Her. Instead of arguing against the idea that hymns are difficult and alien, making a court case argument to to say that uh, we are all wrong, that, that hymns are still very relevant today, instead of doing all those things, she writes to the family. In the Amazing Grace chapter, she explains grace. Wonderful grace. She explains what grace is to a child, to your child. The hymns are a blessing to the church, a blessing to the family. She believes it and in this book, she makes them beautiful. In addition to the reflection or devotion, there is a small box that tells the origin story of the hymn or a simple anecdote of the composer. I found knowing the origin of the songs to help me better appreciate the lyrics and also the music. So these are quite helpful, especially for those who are not familiar of the story behind Fanny Crosby or uh, John Newton and so on. In addition to these writings, every hymn is adorned with a painting. I can, sadly, huh? I can imagine children, even adults, brushing aside the paintings because every day, Every app, social media is trying to hook you in with an image or a video or those TikTok videos and so on. And I think we have lost the ability to look and ponder. Here, it's good to remind the family uh, that Johnny Tada is quadriplegic. Show the children a video of her painting, of her doing a painting. She can't use her hands. She uses her teeth. The paintbrush is in her mouth. Your children may then do a double take on the paintings in this book. Wow, she did this. This is beautiful. The paintings are indeed beautiful without Johnny Tada's story, but Johnny Tada's story will help people stop and ponder. In this book, we have beautiful words, beautiful stories, and beautiful paintings for the purpose of bringing out the real stars of the book which are the beautiful hymns. Every chapter includes the song sheet and lyrics. If you have a pianist in the home, she can play the hymn. And let everyone join and sing and praise the Lord, for He is good, so very, very good. After I finished the book, I reflected that all of us have a story to tell of our favorite songs. When I say songs, I include hymns and contemporary Christian music. So, we all have meaningful songs, but sometimes, in contrast to Johnny Tada and Bonnie Wolgamov, we are not able to convey, convey the meaning of our beautiful songs well. Churches used to, and I believe still do, have these uh, worship wars, intergenerational wars about the songs they, they love and insist on singing. And it's because some songs are more meaningful to them than other songs. It's difficult to worship unfamiliar and uh, different genres or different tone of rhythm. I suggest, okay, a mild suggestion, that if people could convey why the songs they love are so meaningful, the way like this book has done, I think the temperature in these uh, worship wars can go down. I mean, we don't say be considerate to one another. The Bible says you have to be considerate to one another as a way to manipulate others to give us what we want. I don't think that is the right way to to use the text. I would say that would be abusing the Bible to get what you want by saying be considerate. (laughs) And I think one way to help us to be more sincere, okay, to be more considerate, is to hear how songs have ministered to people's lives. So it doesn't seem like you like that song because you're old and you've sang it for 50 years and your uh, ancient uh, ancestors have sang it for thousands of years, whatever it is. Nor is it you love the song because uh, you like the music, uh, the, the, the tone, and it's like what you always listen to on the radio. I think that if we can hear how people have, have, have been ministered to, how the songs remind them of God's goodness, God's grace. How they have used the song to glorify God, to pray. It's a comfort to them in their sorrows. It's a reminder of the Christian faith. I think if we're able to communicate the meaning of songs in those, in, those, uh, in that manner, the intergenerational gap will close. And it's easier for us to love one another because we are able to convey the beauty of God's love through music and we want to extend that beauty to other people to appreciate and so loving one another the way God wants us to do so. Okay, let me give you an example. Consider Joni Erickson Tada's story. But right now, Think that it is you. Consider that if if it is you who are 17 years old and you just had an accident and you just learned from the doctor that you can never ever walk, you can never ever use your hands, and all your hopes and dreams just vanished, and you don't know how the future will be. The question I want to pose to you is can you sing? Do you have a reservoir of songs to sing? Now, the hymns are powerful, okay, not just because of the lyrics, which I, should, I truly believe that many of the hymns are powerful because of the lyrics, but it's not just because of that. It's not because of hundreds of years of consecration for the, for the church, but simply in the very practical sense. The hymns are powerful because the old grandfather, the old grandmother in your church, in your family, can come beside you and sing with you. A mighty fortress is our God. You see, can that old grandfather, grandmother sing a contemporary song? Yes, they can It's not wrong to sing a contemporary song I don't think it's a sin (laughs) And in fact, it's the opposite of wrong It's good But brother, sister, especially the young ones We can only give what we have And there are not that many songs Where you can have intergenerations singing There are some modern hymns There are some modern contemporary songs That our older generation can sing And if so, praise be to God but sometimes we can only sing what we can sing. So if we can think about it in that way, what we are offering are songs that have comforted us before. If we can see God's purpose for music in the church, which I think is what this book offers, okay, we can see what God has done through music in this, uh, uh, in this book. Okay, I truly think worship wars will be worship pillow fights. We will not remove all tension, <laughs> but I think it will be pillow fights and it will be good natured, it would be more understanding, more love as we try to okay. wrestle and get our favorite songs up on stage. <laughs> but it would be uh, not so heated. At least that is my hope. My second reflection, okay, after reading this book is I want worship leaders, song leaders to read this book. I'm also talking to the pimple-faced teenager who leads youth group worship. Okay, it's, it's for everybody who is a worship leader or part of a worship team. You see, I would really like the people who are choosing songs to think about the songs they sing. I believe worship leaders know that the songs have to glorify God, that the theology must be correct. But I suspect that exercise becomes checking the theological boxes. If all the boxes are ticked, then I can sing it, and I really want to sing this song because it sounds so good, oh, it touches my heart so much. I mean, so is there another way of choosing songs? Is there another criteria? And the problem is that when people say you should think about the songs you sing, what does that mean? What do you mean by thinking about the songs? And and this book, Timeless Hymns for Family Worship, can help produce a meditative, reflective, uh, deepening worshipful life. I, I I, mean, it's not so deep that you feel that you need to go into a meditation pose, but it gives you things to think about and helps you link with the, the Christian life, with the history, with the Bible. So... The examples in this book are on classical hymns, the old hymns, but you can learn from these examples and meditate on the modern hymns and also um, contemporary Christian music, <laughs> so that instead of being labelled as the stubborn traditionalist or the shallow trend follower, we can produce uh, worshippers who who are. We are able to reflect on the songs we sing, not just to tick the right theological or confessional boxes, but also being mindful of Jehoshaphat and his choir of singers leading the army into battle. We can think about, oh, Corey Ten Boom, To God Be the Glory. Or we can think about how this music can be an introduction to the amazing grace of God and can lead into a conversation to explain the amazing grace of God. And so much more, so much uh, deep, uh, rich meditation uh, conversation can occur if we can think about these music in those terms. So worship leaders, song leaders, if you are not a reader, okay you don't really like reading big big books, then timeless hymns for family worship is an easy book to begin a reflective life uh, on music. Now after hearing my strong recommendations for this book, if you are thinking of buying this book through Faith Life or Kindle, don't. <laughs> I kind of regret getting it, even though it's a great deal. And if, if if I I probably would not have gotten it if it wasn't such a great deal. Um, in Faith Life, it's uh, five dollars and ninety nine cents. In Amazon Kindle, it's seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. Okay. Now remember, the Faith Life is just a discount that's available for March and March only. Um, but I'm going to suggest that if you can afford it. Uh, to get the hardcover, which is currently sold at $20.49 in Amazon. Especially if you're buying this book for your family. Imagine this picture. You have the father, the mother, and the little children all squeezed together to read the words and to look at the paintings in this book. After reading the chapter on Amazing Grace, the father asks, do you now know, children, what God's grace means? And the children hesitantly reread the text that's in front of them and try to put together an answer using their own words. And then they wait for the father's approval, which he gives. The family then turn to the last page in the chapter, which is a song sheet and also contains the lyrics. And together they sing Amazing Grace. The mother then closes in prayer. The family, this family, may finish reading the book together, or they may not, because, you know, life interrupts. But one day, many years later, in God's wonderful providence, a young lady tidies up the bookshelves, and she spies this book. She takes it out and looks at the paintings, and she recalls the story of the painter. She remembers her family squeezing together to read, sing, and pray. And so with those happy memories in her heart, she holds that book, she brings it to the piano, she turns to the song sheet, and she plays Amazing Grace for her little baby by her side. That is all just in my imagination, but it is a wonderful story. And as much as I love digital books okay, The premise of this entire podcast, Reading and Readers Is that I review free e-books every month okay? So I love digital books But there are some aspects to physical books That are just irreplaceable A book anchors a reader or a family's memory In the feel, the sound, the smell of flipping pages So being together if you are going to read this book as a family, I strongly suggest you get the physical copy. If you're going to read it by yourself, then Faith Life's deeply discounted ebook is good enough. But uh, I really hope that uh, what I just imagined will be a reality, and if it does happen, oh please let me know, because it'd be nice to be prophetic <laughs> I mean, in this sense. This is a reading and readers review of Timeless Hymns for Family Worship by Joni Erickson Tada and Bobby Wolgamoff. Earlier in this episode, I also reviewed Short Prayers to Change Your Life. Both books are published by Harvest House Publishers. Let me make a short and timeless appeal. Please encourage someone to read. <laughs> The two books I reviewed today are breezy, no-commitment books. You can skip chapters, you can flip uh, parts, so it's very easy. Children and adults can enjoy both books. One of the reasons I do this Reading and Readers podcast is I want to see more people read good books. For I believe a good book can nourish the soul. So think of a name and recommend a book. Thank you for listening.